Well, good morning. I'm going to read to you from uh, God's word. We need to hear from God this morning. Jesus said this, After the Lord appointed the 72 others and sent them on ahead two by two into every town and every place where he himself was about to go, he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into his harvest. Well, good morning to everybody here and our brothers and sisters that are with us online. If you are new this morning, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you to the Crosswinds team. Can everybody hear me? We have a little problem with the audio. Okay. Um, I want to welcome you to the team. You know, my message today is titled, Being the Church is a Team Sport. One of the things I believe the Bible teaches is that the church is not a place that you go to once a week. It's a team of people that work together to accomplish God's mission every day. I was at a party last night and we did church. I was here with others and we did church. We were being the church. You know, we have um, smaller teams here at Crosswinds. We have a, a praise team led by our worship team, and they did a, a fantastic job this morning. Let's let's give them a hand. And, and we have Danielle and our tech team, and they're doing, and some kids in the back, and Nigel, and they're doing a great job. And we have a fantastic children's ministry team. Uh, you heard uh, Tracy speak earlier, and uh, she's usually in, I think, uh, I think she is today, in teaching the kids. And, and she's a great leader in our, in our church. Um, we have a hospitality team, and uh, Marcy leads that, but uh, Tracy uh, Breeze is doing, you know, great work there. Let's give both uh, the children's ministry and, and the... So they're all hard at work so that everybody is is learning about Jesus and, and is comfortable today. See, um, teams require leaders to keep things organized, and they, they help us to play well. You know, Mike Hoffman, one of our deacons uh, and our treasurer, led our Haiti food packing event yesterday. And some adma- administrators like myself and Cecily, our church admin, served in the communication and the organization and the logistics to have that event. And 80 players came here. There were Haitians and there were South Africans and, and, and there were, um, people from Puerto Rico and, and, um, and Dominican Republic. And it was, it was the church, man. It was everybody from all nations feeding their brothers and sisters in Haiti. It was beautiful. Man, let's hear from Mike and his effort there. And and uh, we packed 14,256 meals for people in Haiti. See what happens when God's people come together. It was a well-executed play. And we accomplished something that glorifies Jesus. I even got to have a gospel conversation with somebody that came and packed food and tell my testimony it was amazing. I got to talk to the director that came out and um, set up. We were up to one in the morning on Friday night talking about Jesus. And there were some things that he needed to hear and, and I needed to hear. And God works when we're in a team. You know, the team at Crosswinds desires to win together. Our, our, our mission is to help Every family discover God, His love, and His ways. 
You know, the main purpose of all the teams is to do that, no matter what function they are in. Now, there are roles on teams. You know, the pastors or the leaders are to be administers. And the people of the church are the ministers. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians 4.11. He said he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Who's to do the work of the ministry? You are the church. You're the church. And we need to be the church. Leaders are to be there to help us stay unified in the purpose and the work bringing the gospel to the world. But but the work of the ministry is to be done by everybody. On the Crosswinds team, everybody is a minister. I'm a minister, but I also have another role. Jeremy's a minister, but he has another role. Um, did you know God, our Father, is a team? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, He operates in a team. And He is most glorified when we are a team. Teams are His design. As I prayed about this message, I was convicted of my own sin. That I'm not always a good team player. I desire to be. I love when we have victory as a team like we did yesterday. My my role is to lead the team, not to be the one who does it all. And sometimes I'm not good at sharing the work. And this is because of my pride. But it's also because of my disappointments and my stress. And it can... Keep me from doing the job I need to do as a leader. See, there are many times when I've asked my teammates to help and they've either refused or ignored me or said yes and didn't really do the job. They didn't put enough effort into it. They, they're professionals at work and at home, but not at church. And I, and I, and I believe our coach deserves the best. Doesn't he, Jesus? Some, you know, my disappointment is often what triggers my pride. Sometimes I think I can do it more easily or better on my own. But, but that is not God's role or design for me. Even though I desire to have others help, when I'm stressed, my flesh naturally says, Somebody's got to get this done. I guess I'll do it. You know, in the past couple of weeks, Jesus has been sharing with us about the importance of being committed to playing on the field. He's been talking to us today about being team players. And the reason I think he is challenging us about our commitments is many that say that they are on the team are actually more loyal to other teams. They're more loyal to the work team, the family team, the hobby team. And so they don't show up for practice and study the Bible, which is our playbook. And they don't serve on 
ministry teams because their loyalties are divided. And many don't realize that they are supposed to be part of a vital team and a necessary part of the team. So this makes it difficult for leaders like myself to have a winning team each week. The result is leaders work harder than we should just to keep things functioning. And, 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 and that, you know, is, is not the ideal because you know, we, we, we have trouble sometimes staying on mission or, or, or attaining that big play or that big win because we're maintaining things. Our hearts can get harder and we can become less likely to ask others because sometimes teaching and, and, and relying on others becomes more work and less joyful for us. I want to give you an example. If you're on a praise team, and then we have a great praise team, but and you don't show up on time, and you don't come prepared to play, and you don't communicate with your leader, or you call in at the last minute and cancel, it makes their job harder. And that stress over time on your team leader and your other players can create sin in their attitudes and, and, and demotivate them from their commitments because ministry is more work for them and, and they can be tempted like I am to do it alone. Even a good uh, leader like Jeremy can struggle against just picking up his guitar and singing here on his own. Do you realize that would be easier for him? But sometimes it's not better. It's not. We can accomplish more together. All leaders in God's church go through this. They have to fight against discouragement to accomplish God's design for his church. It's part of being a leader. But being the church is not about leaders performing well. It's about a team giving glory to God. When any team or leaders don't play when they don't accomplish their task, the work falls back onto somebody else, usually the pastor. And most pastors today are overstressed and discouraged and overworked and less effective at accomplishing the mission. And this happens throughout the church today because we have a false understanding of what the church is. Many don't see themselves as players on a team. They see themselves as fans in a stand with the leaders playing on the field. Jesus never called anyone, his disciples, to come and sit. He called them to follow and be part of the team and to make his team priority number one. I think we all struggle with this, either as leaders or people on teams to put up with the stress and to put up with the disappointment. And we struggle with our pride because we can become prideful. I can do it alone. We can struggle as a minister because we don't understand our role. We're not often being asked to help. 
and, 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 and some who try to play become overburdened and they become discouraged because they show up to serve and they're alone doing the work. And it's more stressful. There's a saying, many hands make light work. For us to be an effective team, we all need to be committed to Jesus, who's our leader. And then to one another as teammates, doing what we can to eliminate the stress on one another. Um, uh, to communicate properly. To, to be prompt and, 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 and present. You have to be present to help. And you have to have the attitude of a servant. We all get stressed, friends. We all get discouraged. And honestly, like me, we can all get prideful. But when everybody is working as a team and people are all helping, we do amazing things together like we did yesterday. It's amazing when the team comes together. And, And then... You know, people are able to live out their roles and have those gospel conversations and love on one another. But when all the leaders and are, 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 are there and there's few workers, they become discouraged and overworked as a team. You know, I'll be honest with you. One of the most discouraging things I ever hear, I don't mind the work, is when somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, you're doing too much. But they don't offer to help. You know, my brother Mike reminded me I needed to write a sermon on Friday because he said, Pastor, I got this. And I said, great. (laughs) Amen. See, pointing out the problem without offering to help, is not help. See, there's many bird dog Christians who think their role is to point out problems. Right? Yes, we need to identify problems so we can do better and fulfill God's mission in the world, but critics are of the world. The Holy Spirit does not give people the gift of criticism. He does give the gift of encouragement, right? And, and if you're a fan, you might be thinking, I'm being critical of you today. I'm not. I'm just being honest about the problem we face so that we can fix it and follow Jesus more closely. Today, I want to look closely at his word for the solution to the problem. Verse 1 says again, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead, two by two, into every town and place where he was about to go. What did Jesus do? He recruited a team. And then he gave them authority and responsibility to get the job done. That's what that word appointed means. Everyone on his team was authorized, was given power to go do the work. He, he equipped them and sent them. That was his role as a leader. He sent them on ahead of him. And their job was to prepare the ground of people's hearts to hear and receive the kingdom of God. 
And he broke them into smaller teams, didn't he? Two by two. Why? He needed them to learn to not be individuals, but instead to operate like a team. If God is a team, he realizes that we all do better being in a team. God, the first thing he did when he created us, when he created man, is he put him on a team, didn't he? He gave him a wife. Because he said it's not good for the man to be alone. He was also, God was, part of the team. The Bible says he walked with the man and the woman in the garden. And the three cords were strung together. But because of our pride, we all left the team idea and tried to be great individually. And so it's not good sin for us to be alone. But too many leaders in the church and too many people in the church feel alone. It's it's not God's design. It's sin. My job is to say that. When we come together as believers to pray, you know what happens? God's design is restored. Jesus said this again, I say to you, if two of you agree on anything on earth about anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For the two or when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Can you see God restoring the design of creation in that? That when we pray together, two, God is there, and we have restoration of Imago Day. Being a team with God. Now, some of you may say, I'm uncomfortable praying with others. It, it, it's, it's a private thing. And, and yes, Jesus got alone to pray. So have your private time. I do every day. But God's design is for us to work as a team and pray together. At four o'clock, I'm going to come and I'm going to pray here. Come and join me, whoever wants to, because the team is praying. I feel we need to pray. Remember when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, the words were, Our Father, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Beloved, we are not obedient to Jesus unless, as his team, we pray together. No one should be alone in their walk of faith. You may say, I don't know how. Then let me disciple you. Or let me assign somebody else to disciple you. The first thing we do every time we get together in a discipleship meeting is to teach you how to pray with each other in that little group. We care for each other. It's okay that you're uncomfortable. That's why we're here to help. It's not okay to not receive that help. That's pride. It's sinful when I do it. And it's sinful when you do it. Jesus sends them in teams. 
Every team or life group at Crosswinds, we always either start or end by praying for one another. Those are times you're playing on the team, when you're praying for your teammates. Well, I just pray in silence. Well, that's good. It's good skill. Get better. Because when you pray out loud, that encourages your teammates. None of them have ESP. Maybe ESPN, but not ESP. They don't know what you're saying, and it's your job to encourage one another because that brings unity, and that brings unity of purpose to the team. We all have to die to self, to our own needs, and let go of the individual pride, worrying that you don't pray as well as someone else. I actually find children's prayers the most encouraging. They don't say much, but they say it with honest hearts. That's how Jesus told us to pray, not with flowery language to impress each other. Just being honest is what shows love to one another about what we're feeling. Jesus is among us, friends, when we pray like that. And and when Jesus sent these guys in teams, they were more effective, weren't they? The demons submitted to them. I, I, I find the more we pray in those little groups of men and women that I disciple, I, I find those prayers get answered more quickly. It's, it's like Jesus is rewarding us for our obedience to what he said to do. You know, I met with my ladies the other day and, and, and we prayed about a man that needed some help and that I hoped to be able to have a gospel conversation. I got off the phone, I called him, and we had a two-hour gospel conversation because that's important. We prayed, and I asked them to pray some more. You know, when I am with a teammate, I'm more encouraged to fish. I'm more encouraged to fish for men, and they are too. And also when I'm in a gospel conversation, and I can't think of that right verse or, or whatever, the Holy Spirit tends to give it to my teammate, and they, as I'm focused on the other person, can look in the Bible and, and find that verse, and we can share that verse, and so we, uh, uh, we are better in that team. Some, sometimes, uh, well, I guess... I'm going to tell you something shocking right now. Not everybody relates to me. And some of you are going, yeah, I get that. And others are thinking, really, Pastor? See, that proves my point, right? Even here, not everybody relates to me. None of us can be all things to all people. Jesus was on earth. He was a sinless man. He was really different. Not everybody related to him. So he got 72 sinners together in a variety pack to help introduce him. You know, a man who walks on water is a little intimidating. First, you need to talk to somebody who only thinks they walk on water. It's more like you. 
They need to talk to a sinking sinner like you first so you can tell them how he lifted you up out of the water. That's why more it's more effective if you will be the church instead of just going to church and trying to bring them here to hear me. You're the warm-up act for Jesus. For the most part, I will be less effective in bringing them to Jesus if you bring them in here cold. Can can you be a a good teammate to me and, and, and just warm them up a little before they come? Pray for them and maybe have a gospel conversation with them. Actually, my job today is to offend them. Preaching the gospel is offensive. It it says we all need to admit that we're sinners and that we need to repent before we can receive the blessing and get saved. And so it's your job to love them through the process so that they stay here longer so that they can absorb that truth that we're all sinners. You can be a friend and say, it's okay. Don't be afraid of Pastor Ken. He's an even bigger sinner than we are. And God loves him. Friends, our pride has to be broken down before we can receive the gospel. And that hurts. And we all need a loving friend to help us get through that hurt. Jesus sent his disciples out to relate with people everywhere he was going to go. And it, his, his disciples, if his disciples are not going, but they're only sitting, how can Jesus go where he needs to go? Beloved, you are the conduit if you come to him and go to them. Not only are you ministers, the Bible says you are a kingdom of priests. A holy nation and a priest's job was to make sacrifices so others could be healed. Are you being a living sacrifice for others? Or are you being an individual worried about your own needs? Priests are go-betweens between man and God. Now, Jesus is our high priest. He's the mediator. And his sacrifice removed our sins so we could be with God. But we are each to make sacrifices to point our friends and the people we meet to him. Just saying you love someone is easy. But making a sacrifice for them is hard. Because real love is hard. You you say you love Jesus. You, you say you love sinners. What, what sacrifices are you making for your teammates so they can be more effective? And, 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 and what, what sacrifices are you making for those that you're trying to recruit to the team? See, being on the team is denying yourself, Jesus says, and picking up your cross daily and following the leader, the captain. Leader. Leaders that are here. Are you willing to sacrifice and fight through the discouragement and the stress 
to continue loving your team. Continue to invite them around and let them help. Team members, are you willing to do the same even when people reject you and they make fun of you? Are, are, are you going to sacrifice by, by fighting through all that discouragement and, and all that stress and, and, and love your leader who is also your teammate that is helping you to bring on more teammates? You know, sinning in our attitudes is much easier than really loving people. That's why all team members need to be sacrificing for each other so that everybody's encouraged. Jesus put his little teams together to help them stand against the discouragement of this broken and fallen world. And that's why he didn't give us the gift of criticism, because we all get enough of that from the world, don't we? Hebrews 10, 25 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Do you know when you need to get together most with another believer or, or come to the church or go to a life group or serve on a team or go out and have a gospel conversation? Do you guys know when's the most important team time? When you don't want to. That's the most important time. I learned that in recovery. That's when you need to go to a meeting because you don't want to go to the meeting. It's when you need it. If we can resist sin better, we are more effective and encourages us to give more light to the dark world when we're together. You know, COVID, friends, did a number on everybody here. We all socially distanced way too much. Do you know a lot of pastors are quitting the ministry? They're, they're retiring and they're moving south. I know four, one today, who'll make the announcement to his church in our town that are doing that. I don't blame them. They're worn out because their teams, most of their teams left. The job of ministry, because most people think that they're an audience, is always tough. It, it often feels like pushing a ball uphill, a rock, a big boulder, especially in this hard suburban ground of wealthy suburbanites where everybody is rich and think they have no need for God. But now in the pandemic, it's like pushing a ball up a hill with grease on your feet because you have less teammates to do it with. But the need, the need is even greater than it was before the pandemic. More people are dying. More marriages are breaking up. More kids are at risk and feeling anxious and disconnected. I am sure when Jesus was telling this to them, he saw the need and all the disciples saw the need in their generation. The people were ha harassed under Roman occupation, putting on rules to them that didn't make sense. 
They had a, a corrupt and declining temple system, and many were fighting demons that made them anxious and stressed. And they are always under a physical and emotional threat by the government and the religious institutions for sharing the message that they had. And so Jesus sent them out in teams, two by two, to keep them encouraged. Beloved, who are you fellowshipping with right now as a believer? Who are you praying with? I, it can happen online. That's good. There are advantages and disadvantages to online connectedness. We can easily encourage and pray with each other at any time, anywhere in the world. But sometimes it's not a time we can take the burdens of the work of ministry off of others. See, Jesus is honest about the problem for every generation. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful. Can you turn the gain up on this? It seems off. Uh, the harvest is plentiful. I'm going to lose my voice if you don't. <laughs> but the laborers are few. Thank you to my teammate. The, the laborers are few. He was saying this as he was sending them out. Because he knew the complaint in their hearts. But he was honest about the reality of the situation. It didn't stop him from sending them out. Because Jesus loves people and he knew the need was great. And he also knows that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Because he will authorize and he will power the few. I am so encouraged by young leaders like Abdu and Jason, who are servants. They bring power to our church. I'm proud of our youth today who are on the move. We have new leaders in the church that have stepped up, and I, I'm so encouraged by them. I see the love for Jesus in their eyes. But the reality is the workers are few. The laborers. And we can focus on the complaint. Or we can focus on what he said first. The harvest is plentiful. I've seen a few workers do amazing things for God. If you're feeling discouraged... The real question is not the amount of work or the amount of workers. Is Are you connected to the, him? Bob Dylan had a song and the lyrics shared a truth that I think is relevant. You're going to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. Who are you serving? The Lord will refresh and renew his team. Leaders and, 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 and teammates need to fight the temptation to depart from God's design and isolate themselves and serve sin and the devil. Jesus gives us the answer to the problem for our generation. He says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And when you see a therefore in scripture, you need to ask yourself, what's it there for? Because it's giving you the answer to the problem or the dilemma. The solution is not for leaders and teammates to do more. Now, I can be tempted to do that. 
and, and, and so can you and, and become discouraged? The answer is to turn to God and, and be refreshed. We need to repent of our sins. Repent of the sin of discouragement. Repent of the, the sin of pride and, 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 and being anxious and stressed. Feeling that we need to be the one who meets the need. That we need to be the solution. Because eventually that will cause you to isolate. Instead, we need to insulate. Insulate. We need to huddle up. Huddle up together and recharge. And seek him earnestly. Because that's where our power is. Jesus says to pray earnestly. Earnestly means to do it with desire, with want, and with begging. And this prayer needs to be active. Faith. Believing that God can do it. Jesus says there is a harvest out there. A harvest, a a new kingdom of of friends, a new kingdom of workers ready to refresh us. And sometimes we feel that we are alone, that, that no one is interested in the gospel, and that no one wants to help with the gospel work. But our feelings, everybody, lie. They're deceitful. And Jesus always speaks the truth. He said multiple times that the harvest is ready for the workers to bring it in. Our problem is not the few workers. Our problem is not the harvest. Jesus says there is a harvest out there. But the harvest he's also talking about is new teammates, new Workers, new people who believe. Workers who are fresh. Workers who can refresh. Workers who are excited to tell others about the freedom that they just received from Jesus. Workers with a new or better idea to face the new challenges of this new generation. The few, the few, we the few just need to teach them and make disciples out of them. The few need to do the work of prayer. Prayers of faith instead of discouraging words of complaint. You know, when John and I planted this church, we had no money, no experience as pastors, as pastors at all. And Otis, my mentor, said, Ken, the resource is in the harvest. And Otis was right. Everything we've ever needed as a church has been out there in the harvest. I think of a tired farmer who was too tired and too hungry to go out and pick up the bountiful crop that God had grown for him and that he had planted. All he needs to do to live, to, to strive, and to thrive is outside his door. The food he needs to feed his far, far starving neighbors is there. What do you say? Oh, I only have a few workers. Forget it. No, he would beg God for the courage to crawl out there one more time and get just enough food to strengthen himself and enough food to strengthen his family. Then he'd take his family out there and with that little team, he would start getting enough to sell. And with that little bit of profit, he would hire more workers to bring in the bounty of God's blessing that he's already given us victory for. Beloved, our team of a few workers must turn to God ourselves and pray. Pray earnestly. 
We must eat of his goodness together and be refreshed. We must stay together, working in the field and letting the overflow bring us more workers. In John 4, Jesus' disciples are hungry and they go get food and Jesus is still doing the work. And they come back and they ask their leader if he has something to eat. And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Do not say there are four months and then comes the harvest. Look, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the, the reaper and the sower may rejoice together. Beloved, I'm not starving. I am well fed because I am praying fervently every day for you and, and, and for myself. And, 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 and I pray with my brothers in my men's group and I'm praying with my, my brothers on the praise team and I pray with the youth. And, and yes, I get physically tired. But my heart is fat. It's well fed. How are you? Are you fed? Audiences come to church and say, feed me, pastor. Feed me, pastor. And they just get fat, lazy, and sick with sin. The teammates that pray earnestly and seek God in the harvest, he gives fellowship. He sends them back into the field. Beloved, the resources you need to sustain your life is in the harvest. It's doing God's will. It's it's praying to the Lord and asking Him for help. Asking Him for the strength to do the work. Ask Him for your fellow workers. Ask Him for new strong workers. That's how disciples get fed. We pray before harvesting. How many of you seasoned believers are praying for me right now as I'm preaching the gospel. Jesus said, I can do nothing without his help. Maybe you don't have the strength or the courage yet to have a gospel conversation. Are you doing your team job and praying for me? Charles Spurgeon, who was considered the prince of preachers, the best of the best, said the secret to his success was the basement of his church, which he called the boiler room, where he had a group of prayers praying through every service for the harvest. And they reached thousands. Maybe you don't like my preaching. Maybe you think it's too long or too dull or ineffective. You're right. I'm not the prince of preachers. I'm an ape. I'm a man in the flesh. That is overworked. Only God has the power to change a heart. Are you praying for this ape to have more power of the Holy Spirit? If you're expecting miracles from me, don't. There's another teammate who does the miracles. Are you calling on him? I'm just a worker like you. He is Lord of all. Can I get an amen to that? Earnestly pray for his power to make me better. How often are you praying for Jeremy? How often are you praying for the other leaders of this church? 
Complaint can't help those teammates bring more harvest. But Jesus says, earnest prayers can. Leaders, if you're not happy with the work of some of your teammates, your complaint won't help. Praying to the Lord of the harvest that they might become workers, laborers can. Ask yourself, are, are, are you regularly praying for that tired worker next to you? Friends, God can get use a donkey to give you a life-changing message. But if you have no prayers of repentance yourself for your sins and no faith in his power, it will do no good whether the prince of preachers preaches, preaches to you or a jack, you know what, like me. It won't change your life. Jesus said, it's about the listener, the teammate, not the sower. Friends, if you are tired and weak and wounded, get together with one another, with another member. Don't complain and drain their batteries. Pray. Pray for your needs. Pray for their needs that you might be refreshed. God wants to bring in a harvest in your life, a harvest into this church. And he is saying, it's ready now. You can't just sit there alone and complain about the pandemic. You need to get with other teammates and and pray fervently. You may say, I have no one to pray with. I'm so alone. You know, week after week, I offer a time in the service to come and have you pray with me. And nobody comes. Join the team. I'm here. Jesus is here. There's a team. He's not coming to you because you're sitting there complaining and not coming to him. Use this time as an opportunity to pray with another believer. You don't like me? Um, where's Eric? Stand up. Where's he at? Where's Steve? Where's Todd? Am I missing one? Mike, right there. These are our deacons. They're available for every family member. You have a deacon. And if you don't, I'll sign you one today. Pray with these men. Stay standing. These are my, 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 my fullbacks or my, my guards. They're here to pray with you. They love you. And yet they try to call you and you don't call them back. You ignore them. What did Jesus say? You gotta pray. Let's give these guys a hand. Pray, pray with your deacons. They're, they're here to block. If, if I get busy praying with so many deacons, stand up and go, go to them. You know, if, if, if you, um, uh, they have wives. If all the deacons get filled up for prayer, let the wives stand up. And, and frankly, any of us stand up, grab somebody and start praying with them. We're the church. You guys can sit down for now. You can get ready to get up. Stop complaining. Start praying. Come and pray with me. That time is, is, is to ask for the needs of your life. That time is to come to pray for the effectiveness of our whole team. That time is to come and pray for me to be better so I'll be more fruitful and I can reach more hearts through the Spirit. That time is to come and admit your sins to God and turn to Him and be healed. But for many, it seems to be just a time of apathy each week. 
And friends, that's why we're not maybe seeing the harvest and having more workers. This is a time of response. The Jews believed that the Torah was the actual word of God. And they respected it that way. But then Jesus came and he said he was greater than the law and the Torah. Will you respond to him and believe today what he says? These are not my words. He says the resource is in the harvest and you must pray to receive it. James 5.16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayers of a righteous person has great power in its working. Are you doing it? And if not, that's why you're weak. And that's why you're wounded. And that's why you feel dead in your sins. Jesus may have forgiven them, but you're sitting in crappy pants instead of getting up and eating good food, like he said. If, if, if you are praying for workers, then it also would be hypocrisy not to get up yourself and be one. That's why Jesus asked them to pray. Prayers in faith is what makes one more obedient to his will. Think about what that verse I just read is saying. That we need to pray for one another. Be honest about our sins and our struggle. So that we'll have more power to overcome sickness. The sickness of sin in our lives. Healing comes in prayer. With brothers and sisters. Repentance is acknowledging your sin honestly with each other and turning to God for help. Stop sitting in sin, saying your life, saying, you know, uh, that, 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 that your life is no big deal or that your sins are no big deal. Jesus loves you and he died for your sin. Friends, it's a big deal. He died. He suffered on a cross because you privately, pridefully want to be an individual and do it your own way instead of being on his team. What the Lord said is the fields are ripe for harvest, but the workers are few. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. But it doesn't matter the amount of workers. There was one worker. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he prayed. And his workers fell asleep. It didn't stop him. Because he knew the harvest of righteousness God would bring. And he walked the streets of Golgotha, beaten and wounded alone. And he went to the cross And took one for the team. All your sin. All your shame. Was laid upon him. He did all the heavy lifting. To make you righteous before God. That Jesus is saying. To his disciples and you disciples. The least you could do is pray. Wake up. He has already done the sowing. The harvest is ready. Beloved, it's time to repent and turn 
from the sins of discouragement and, and, and anxiety and, 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 and your fears and, 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 and be encouraged by faith. Eat good food. Church is a team sport. Jesus wants you on the team. He died to put you on the team. He paid for your uniform with his life that you would be covered with his righteousness. He has given you the power to play because he has made you righteous. Your prayers are powerful and effective. His word says that. Come on, crosswinds, stop sitting on the bench. Jesus made you to play. pray. I had a coach would go around all hit us in the head in our helmets. It didn't hurt. But it got us thinking, got our hearts in the game. So if you are offended by me yelling at you, it's because I love you. Get in the game, it's for you. Be the church. Be the team we can be. We need to win in Him so that we glorify Him like those disciples did in their generation, in our generation, and these more than ever. How... How would that refresh us as a people if we did this? How would that change our families? How would that change the community we live in if we would just all, everybody on the team, pray? Pray the Lord of the harvest. Jesus has already won the game. He rose from the dead. He defeated death, the sin, and the devil for us so friends we can't lose if we play you can only lose if you don't play if you go your own way then someday you'll receive a harvest of judgment for not listening to the lord of the harvest of plenty listen to him now listen to him and pray I'd like the deacons to stand up again. I'd like the praise team to come up and they're going to lead us in some music. I'm going to pray. But the prayer won't be over once I pray. They're here to pray with. Stand up. Join the team. And let's pray. Let's pray to be encouraged. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your goodness to us. I thank you for your mercy and your love. I thank you that your team got in the huddle before the foundations of the earth and decided to love us. It chose, he knew we were going to screw up. He knew we were all screw ups, but he chose to send his son. The son never wavered. No matter how tired he was, he kept pressing forward to that cross. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up even when your disciples didn't pray. Lord, let us all follow you. That's where life is. You told Peter, don't be afraid. Come follow me. Oh, Lord, encourage your church. Build it up. If there's anybody here today that's not on the team, bring them onto your team through the Holy Spirit. Convict them of their sin. Convict them of how good you are that you would die for us. Convict them. The judgment comes if we don't get on the right team. Lord, convict their hearts and let them come now let them pray with somebody let them repent of their sins help them to know that you love them and that you have already prepared a harvest of righteousness for them thank you Jesus for what you're going to do today in Christ's name I pray 
I don't have to say it. It's time as they sing for us to do something. My voice is gone, so I'm quietly going to pray with you. You can come and pray with me. You can come pray with one of the deacons. If they get filled up, go to their wives. <laughs>